This is Animals Voice podcast presented by the Ontario SPCA with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, welcoming you to episode number 67 of Animals Voice. Uh, My uh, esteemed producer, Katie, informed me just moments ago that this will be our 67th episode. So a round of applause uh, for surviving this long in the uh, competitive podcast landscape. Uh, We've had a lot of great topics. We've we've covered a lot in those 67 shows, and we look forward to continuing to do so. We look to you to let us know what you want to hear about. So if you have show ideas, I really hope you uh, will pass them along. You can email me at kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca, or you can find me on Twitter, at KevTheGrad. We actually pulled some stats recently, and they're pretty interesting looking at this. Um, we, we have the ability to look at what cities we get a lot of listens, and what countries we get a lot of listens in. So, first of all, I want to know what's happening in Mountain View, California. We, <laughs> it is the city we are most popular in. Over 500 listens in Mountain View, California. And then we started talking about it, and Google headquarters located in Mountain View, California. So something's going on at Google. But thank you for the support, Mountain View. We go there and interview yes. our guests, our fans, our yeah. fans. Anything to get us to a warm, sunny climate, I'm in support of, Katie. Thank you. Um, some of the countries we reach, I mean, listen, Germany, um, the Philippines, France, the Russian Federation. Thank you, Mr. Putin, for listening. Uh, I mean, it's impressive. We we are uh, <laughs> we have a lot more reach than I thought we did. So uh, tremendous. Thank you for all of your support. And I'll tell you what, we're going to have an in podcast contest. We're not going to promote this on social media. The only way people will know to respond to this is if they listened to this episode. So for those of you in Canada and the United States, I'm sorry, you're shut out right now. We don't want to hear from you. Well, for this contest, but I want to hear from you if you're from outside of the United States or Canada. Just email me, kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca. Drop me a line, let me know where you're listening from and how you found the show. I want to find out how you found us and why you decided to listen, because I think it's pretty cool. All right, that long, long preamble leading to uh, the introduction of, frankly, I think of the 67 episodes we've had, Brad's probably been on about 66 of them at this point. Uh, Inspector Brad Dewar, how are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Always appreciate your time. Uh, I know that you're growing a beard. Yes. How's that going? Are you you doing okay? I'm doing well. You're happy? Absolutely. I'm just worried about you, wanting to make sure. So Brad is joining us today. This is the craziest podcast we've ever had because I don't even know know how to introduce it. Katie, who organizes all of these, tells me, yeah, we're having the uh, we're having the podcast. We're going to interview Brad, which is fine. Your your podcasts are always very popular. I've put into place a new rule where there's no photography when you're here. Because <laughs> here's the deal to our listeners who don't know: Brad, little handsome, me, not so much. And what happens is Katie throws up the photos of us together. And people think that uh, we are showing an animal that has been rescued by you. Uh, they, they, there's a lot of talk about how handsome, handsome you are. And then there's nothing about me. And it makes me feel inadequate and very upset. And like I want to grow a beard. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So just no, no photography today. Well, we appreciate you, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, so Brad's here to share a story. And the introduction that was written for me today is so we hear you have an interesting story to share with our listeners today (laughs) go (laughs) all right well uh you know 
our day-to-day process as an officer is, um, rep- you know, reports for animal cruelty come in. We go out and investigate. Um, and and sometimes things always don't always lead to where we think they're going to. And uh, and sort of this is where this story uh, comes about is uh, we had, uh, you know, I had gone through my typical day at work and, uh, and had my evening planned to go and relax and have a nice dinner. And uh, en route, I stumbled across a dog that was tied up to a fire hydrant down in um, a Shepherd and a 404 area. Okay. Um, so obviously seeing a dog tied up uh, to a fire hydrant in a very, very busy part of Toronto. Yeah. High traffic, no residents, it's just busy, busy street. It, uh, it stood out as being odd. And it wasn't uh, like an older dog. It was a young husky pup. Wow. Um, so, you know, we immediately pulled over. And again, as I mentioned, off-duty. But again, you see something that stands out. So right away, uh, you know, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. So stop and check the animal out. There's no identification on it. Um, it's literally on a, a three-and-a-half-foot lead tied to the fire hydrant. No one in sight. So, um, you know, figure, okay, well, I'm going to stick around. I'll call uh, Toronto Animal Services, have them come up and pick up the dog, and hopefully they can reunite the uh, dog to its owner. Maybe it's microchip, maybe it's not. Yeah. Process goes along. Eventually, uh, they're able to come and get the animal. I go about my merry way to have a nice dinner. Yeah. And uh, later that evening, I get a phone call from uh, York Regional Police about this dog. Oh. And I'm thinking... Why would the police be calling me about a confined stray that yeah, that's, I happened to find? That's out of the ordinary, right? Absolutely. Um, not even the animal services contacted me. It was police. Mm-hmm. So um, I, uh, I called back and uh, spoke to uh, an officer. And uh, they were very uh, inquisitive as to where I found the dog and uh, a little bit more information. Turns out that the dog was actually attached to a missing persons case. Um, uh, an uh, elderly woman had gone missing. Uh, apparently, she left her residence with the dog, okay. and uh, hadn't been seen since she left the house. Oh dear. Okay. And um, it was interesting because through the process of um, being on site and seeing the animal and trying to get some water for it and waiting for animal services to arrive, I spoke to a couple people walking by, uh, just trying to see if anyone knew who the dog belonged to sure. or they saw when it was put there. And uh, I ha- was able to see this woman that was probably about uh, 150, 200 yards down the road, kind of standing off the sidewalk and in, in the bush area. Um, every once in a while, she'd kind of creep out, look at me, and then she'd look back. And I'm Ooh. thinking, maybe she saw something. Interesting. So I walked down. I, I had spoken to her. Okay. Um, didn't speak a lot of English, and it was sort of a very short conversation. Never thought much of it. Okay. But then once speaking to um, the police... Uh, it started to jog the memory of this woman that was standing there. So, um, Did you ask her, I'm sorry to interrupt you, did you ask her all the same questions you had been asking everyone else at the scene? Like, Yeah, and unfortunately there was that communication um, breakdown. So, okay. you know, she, she didn't speak English. There was a language barrier. Absolutely. And um, so I had asked, you know, is that your dog? And, and I got a like a no, no, no type okay. thing. Okay. And then I asked, did you see anyone who put the dog there? And again, the no, no, no. And, and she seemed very confused and, and, and unable to speak English. Right. So, so after that, the conversation more or less ended, and I went back to attending to the dog. Okay. Um, in speaking with police and the description that they had, it matched a similar description of what I gave them for this for woman. For this lady. I, yeah. Oh. So anyways, um, 
interestingly enough, uh, they were actually doing a search of an area completely separate from where I found the dog. Yeah. So they're actually full out searching for this woman and her dog. Um, but they're searching elsewhere from where you saw this dog. Yeah. Okay. okay. So when I gave that information, they thought it was interesting, possibly connected, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, just kind of curious as to why, you know, in a totally different area this person was. Yeah. So end result was, um, uh, you know, we did a lot of back and forth conversations with the police and I was trying to provide them some information. I had actually taken a photo of the dog. Okay. And uh, and sent it to them just by chance in case she was in the background. Oh. I wasn't able to see it on my phone, but in case, I just yeah. flipped that over to them. So anyways, after speaking to them, uh, the one last time, I had called them back and I said, listen, you know, I was there for over an hour. And, and now thinking about it, this woman never left the entire time that I was standing there. She, she was, was always kind of keeping an eye on you. She was always 150 yards to 200 yards away and, and always there and hadn't moved. And in fact, when I had spoken to her, I noticed the ground under her feet had been trampled, like she had been there for a while. Oh. So I said to the officer, you know what? Uh, at the very least, you have your canines out. Maybe if you go there, you'll pick up her scent. Because she stood there for a long time. And uh, so he got off the phone. He said, yeah, we're going to send a unit over there right away. It wasn't 10 minutes later, I got a call from the York Regional Police Officer who said they found her standing exactly where right I described. Where? And this is now hours, like five and six, almost seven hours later, and she hadn't moved from that location. Wow. And so, you know what, for me as an officer, it kind of, you know, I approached that as, oh, that was a confined stray, someone found the dog, tied it up, or an abandonment. Someone didn't want the dog anymore. Yeah. And that's sort of because of the typical things that we see in our job. But it's it's now caused me to look at things with a little bit more wider scope. Um, things aren't always what they appear right. or what we typically see. And, you know, finding an animal that's tied up isn't always just an abandonment or a stray dog that was tied up. It can be something more inclusive. So it just it broadened my horizons in how I look at things. And, you know, certainly it was exciting to be a part of that process and, and ensuring that, hey, you know, uh, this woman didn't have to spend a night out. Um, the police were able to get to her and find her. And, and at the same time, the animal got the care it needed. It was in animal services hands after after we left. So it was kind of an exciting evening. Ah, it sounds like it. Not your standard drive home, that's for sure. No. You know, what speaks to me is, is something I say about your team and all of our investigators. Uh, you never entirely turn off the switch and uh, I've had the, um, the opportunity to do ride-alongs with some of your team and, and uh, do time actually spending some time with the major case management team on a couple of removals and I'm always at the end of the day and the end of those experiences struck by how emotionally worn out I am with the things I've seen uh, and my admiration for your team for the thresholds that you all seem to demonstrate in and your tolerance levels uh, i become frustrated with human beings uh and and um, frustrated with people's decision making so i can't i can't fathom doing the job that that the investigations team does in the first place but the fact that and i wrote this down that you talked about that you'd noticed that the ground was was trampled where the lady was standing that you had seen 150 200 yards away that you noticed that. I mean, you're an investigator, and it, I think that's just something that is in everything that you do. And uh, I don't think anyone on your team ever really turns the switch off. 
I don't know if that speaks to your training or just the type of person that are in your roles. Yeah, it definitely speaks to our training. Um, and, and, you know, each individual is different. And, and you're right, I don't think there is one officer out there, whether you're in policing or, or you're working for the Ontario SPCA, that um, can just turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that's always running. And, and again, it's the perspective on how you look at things are slightly different. Yeah. But still, there's that... Um, that need to know that kicks in when you see something that stands out of the ordinary. It's not quite right. Do you have a different sense of pride for this particular situation? I mean, you're a sworn peace officer, right? So you are uh, no different than a police officer on the street. You know, you are a sworn peace officer. You are enforcing legislated law. Um, Does it feel fun? Not fun. Does it feel interesting for you knowing that the police were able to close this case because of your assistance? Um, it feels good to know that, A, the animal's uh, being cared for. Um, it wasn't left out there. It feels really good to know that potentially a, a woman that was in trouble mm-hmm. um, didn't have to spend a night out um, alone and and without someone looking out for her. So to, to have been part of that was, was exciting. Like it was, it was a, a different type of... Um, sense of fulfillment or commitment or, or whatever you want to sure. call it. I don't even know what you call it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I was, I was just floating that night to know that, you know, uh, that I was able to play a part in that. That well, was really cool. Job well done. When we come back from this break, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Uh, uh, Inspector Brad Dewar joining us on Animals Voice podcast. We'll be right back. The Ontario SPCA's investigation department plays a crucial role in assisting animals in need. Investigators provide frontline protection for animals across Ontario by responding to an average of approximately 16,000 cases of animal cruelty each year for sick, injured, abused, and abandoned animals. Under the Ontario SPCA Act, inspectors and agents have the authority of a police officer in enforcing all animal welfare laws in Ontario. This enables them to address and relieve animal suffering and distress by issuing orders, executing search warrants, removing animals and laying charges under the Criminal Code of Canada or the Ontario SPCA Act where circumstances support such action. Agents not only follow up on tips but are first on the scene during a large-scale removal or disasters. For more information about Ontario SPCA Rescue and Relief Services, please visit ospcarescue.ca. Welcome back to Animals Voice Podcast, and uh, Brad Dewar with us. Uh, as always, Brad, when you join us, you've always got pretty interesting stuff to talk to us about, but sharing a story this week uh, about uh, something that happened to you on the ride home, and, and uh, as a result of, of your involvement and your uh, perceptiveness, I think, uh, you were able to help in finding a missing person, and that's pretty amazing, so kudos for that. Um, the dog which I think was the genesis of all of this and the reason you stopped in the first place. Are you aware of what happened to the dog once the case was closed? Well, that's how they were able to to link. So animal services, from my understanding, were able to scan the dog, find a microchip, locate the owner, and that's what stirred the police involvement in that case was now the owner was notified that, hey, animal services has your dog. It was brought to our attention by an Ontario SPCA investigator, and, and now police wanted to know was there a person with the dog, what, mm-hmm. what's happened, what's going on there, and and so that um, that sort of circuit that that happened there, uh, just uh, information flowing from one agency to another, who are working all very close together, mm-hmm. uh, it was quite interesting to see. Now, I mean, do you find that you see a lot of uh, lost or abandoned animals? Well, and, and and that's why when I saw that, 
right away in my mind is like, great, like why would someone tie up this young husky pup to a fire hydrant? No water there. Like, why do people do that? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Because right away my mind went to, it's it's an abandonment issue or a confined stray. Right. Uh, Just those typical things that we see and not that outside perspective of maybe there's something else going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If our listeners in Ontario, and I specify that because at the top of the show we were reviewing that we've got a lot of listeners outside of Ontario, thank you. Uh, But if our listeners in Ontario uh, see um, an animal they're concerned for the welfare of, be it lost or abandoned issues or maybe abuse, neglect, what have you, uh, what should they do? What number should they call? So if you see anything, and I know sometimes there's a bit of a hesitation as to whether uh, is it worth reporting or, or not, uh, we encourage you to report. Yeah, let us figure out if it was worth reporting, Absolutely. Right? So, you know, we encourage everyone in Ontario to, uh, to report any concern to 310-SPCA. That's our centralized uh, call centre. Um, live dispatchers 24-7 taking the calls, days, evenings, weekends, and, uh, and by getting that information, we'll get an officer out there as soon as possible and, and address whatever concerns have been brought forward. And, and again, you know, like you said, let us make the determination through our investigation whether or not there is a valid concern or not. Mm-hmm. But if you, as someone within your community, sees something that's concerning, then report it mm-hmm. and, and allow us to follow up. It's better to report it and find out there's nothing wrong versus not report it and something gets left unattended to. Yeah, absolutely. Inspector Brad Dewar with the Ontario SPCA. Always a pleasure to have you drop by. Uh, I constantly make jokes when you come on because you're on all the time. Uh, But there's a reason for that. I think your role is one where you you get to see things through a different lens than a lot of us. And uh, thank you for the work you do and thank you for coming on Animal's Voice and uh, sharing some of your stories. We always enjoy having you on. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Do uh, Do you have an iPhone? Do I have an iPhone? No. No? Do you have an iPad? I do have an iPad. Here's something exciting I want to tell you about your iPad. So you know iTunes that you get your music and all, a lot of your, your apps through? Yep. Um, there is a podcast app that's part of iTunes. And um, I imagine you've already done this by now, being that you're a guest every other week on the show. But you, what you can do is you go onto that podcast app on your Apple devices, and you can get a free subscription to Animal's Voice podcast. Sorry, did you say free? It's free, Brad. Can wow. you believe it? So you can you can go there. You just click on Animal's Voice, and it will automatically deliver our podcast and any other podcast that you may find that you're interested in to your Apple device. Uh, so that when a new episode is available, you'll see the little logo will have a little red dot beside it or a number on it. And, and that tells you, hey, I've got a new podcast to listen to. And we're letting people know that, like you, Brad, and like all of our listeners, especially those in Guelph, Ontario, and Coropolis, Pennsylvania. How about that? we got listeners there. Uh, you, can, you can go on and get a free subscription so you never miss an episode of Animal's Voice, and we sure would appreciate it as well. So will you go home and do that for me today, Brad? I absolutely will. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, coming up next, another gentleman. Do you know Dave Wilson? I certainly do. Oh, another wonderful guest. I, I tease him as well as a, as a frequent guest. We're going to have a Meet the Staff segment with Dave Wilson, our Director of Shelter Health and Wellness, and a very important piece in the COG here at uh, the Ontario SPCA. So stick around and listen to that segment. Hi, this is Dave Salmoni from Animal Planet. You're listening to Animal's Voice Podcast. Don't forget to be nice to your animals.
Welcome back to Animals Voice Podcast. Uh, joining me right now, I have to actually share, during the break, Katie, the producer, almost died. She choked on a bagel. So if you hear stifled coughs and choking in the background right now, that's what... Are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling better. I honestly thought we were going to have to call 911. Yeah, so did I. You've got to be careful with your bagels. Yeah. I, I still think you're a kennel cough suspect. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. <laughs> And that, of course, is the voice of Dave Wilson, Director of Shelter Health and Wellness, who uh, agreed to join us for Meet the Staff and walked into the room to Katie choking. Yeah. So, uh, quite the eventful day so far. So, uh, first of all, I just said that you're the Director of Shelter Health and Wellness, but what, what does that mean? What is, what is your role here at the Ontario SPCA? Um, it's actually a new department. It was created, uh, we're going on our third year now, okay. um, and uh, um, our CEO, Kate McDonald, had uh, thought that it would be an interesting approach to just have us focus exclusively on uh, health programs, on policies and protocols, uh, and then not only on the physical health of the animals, but also on their behavioral health, their mental well-being as well. So it's a chance to um, get a lot more information um, sourced together, be that source of information for all of our folks, and then hopefully also uh, be a source of information to help out some of the other members of our family, some of the other members of the affiliate societies, and then even uh, building out from there with the rescue groups and other organizations. I talk about you often when I'm talking to donors, uh, when I'm talking to colleagues here. Uh, you're one of the, and I'm paying you a compliment right now. I'm not setting you up to, to be a mean human being. Um, you're someone where if I spend five minutes around you, I, I consistently walk away feeling like I've learned something. And, and that's amazing. To have someone like that as part of our organization, I think, is a tremendous asset. So uh, I know I speak on behalf of everybody here that we're so happy to have you. And uh, you're, you're a lot of fun to be around, too. Well, um, thanks. I mean, that's that's really generous. I'm catching. Would you just stop? <laughs> I mean, but, uh, no, I mean, thanks. I, I really appreciate that. And I mean, I, I do actually see that as part of the role is just kind of being a, a source of information to, to help folks out. But, um, y- you know, anybody can go online and find the right and the wrong information nowadays. Uh, anybody can open a book and, and read it. And uh, a lot of what we do, I think, is to try and uh, make that information usable for the person in the moment. I'm gonna. I'll be honest. You dummy it down for people like me. I, I'm. I'll use the example. I can go on Google and I can look up information about bleach. But I sat and listened to you in Kingston uh, several months ago do um, a symposium or a presentation talking about some of the disinfecting that we do in our shelters. First of all, I can't believe I listened to you talk about bleach for half an hour and and didn't go running from the room screaming because, uh, you know, it's not a topic that you think is going to be fascinating, but you and your team managed to make it, A, relatable. I get it. I understand the importance of of what type of bleach or cleaning uh, materials that we're using in our shelters, and and you do so in an entertaining way. And and I say that for you and your whole team. So again, I know it's, it sounds like I'm gushing, but we're very lucky to have you on. No, and that's I think that's what we all do. In, in everyone in the department does is is uh, makes it just like you said, very relatable. It's uh, making that information in the moment. What do you actually need? What do you need to kind of get through today? What do you need to get through the situation you're dealing with? And what do we need to be proactive so that you know in a lot of situations that we don't have to deal with stuff like whatever's going on now in the future. We can actually stop being a little bit of, uh, not so much fire engine kind of reactive, but but actually be a lot more proactive and prepared. So give people a glimpse into your day. Like you're going to leave here 
You're going to go visit HR and report that you found a lady choking in my office, which is horrible. Uh, but, but when you get back to your office, what are the things on your front burner that you're working on right now? Um, actually, there's, there's a couple of projects. The, the one that uh, is, is an ongoing one is, is working with uh, Marcom, with um, um, Alison Cross, the Director of Marketing and Communications, and uh, working with a company, uh, a terrific company, UIM, uh, who are actually helping us take our uh, disease prevention and infection control manual, which was only in printed form before this, uh, and actually converting it to an online uh, live web-based version. Um, they just, uh, so far, some of the templates and some of the early information we've seen from them just is just blown us away. It really looks amazing that it's going to be such a, a terrific go-to site um, and usable, and we're really hoping actually usable on an international format. That's so exciting. It, it is. It's it's it. You know, every time we kind of meet with them and they show us something new that they've done, uh, it just kind of blows away every single time. So it, it is unbelievably exciting. It's been a ton of work up to now to get everything you know, ready for them, all the information that they need, because they're literally building this site from nothing, like literally from nothing. And yeah, it's just, it's, I can't get over the, the creativity they go and bring to some of the stuff that, you know, we think is, is pretty routine and sometimes kind of boring, actually. Okay. Um, and they're doing some amazing stuff with it. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be amazing to get that online ready to go. Well, good luck with it. Thanks. Um, I think you were a guest on Animal's Voice, and we talked about dealing with grief and the loss of an animal. Yeah. And uh, I need to pay you the compliment and acknowledge it on air. Uh, Katie and I get feedback. People will come back to us after episodes. And um, we had a tremendous amount of feedback. And I still do. Months and months and months later, people will dig up that episode and share it with friends who have lost an animal. Uh, so, so kudos. Uh, I really, in, in my couple of years of hosting this broadcast and being a part of Animal's Voice, I think that is the episode that has received the most feedback and really positive feedback. People saying it got them through a terrible time. So, uh, from the listeners, thank you, Dave. Um, that, that, wow, that, that in itself is amazing. It was, um, that was a, a really difficult, that was a challenging topic to take on. Yeah. Uh, it was a difficult uh, kind of episode to get through, but, um, it was really important, uh, to, to get the dialogue, to get the conversation started because it is something that, that we know a lot of folks deal with. Um, and unfortunately I think a lot of them try to deal with it themselves and do feel really alone. Uh, when it's going on, and it's something that, you know, uh, like we talked about in, in that is that if you can just find someone else who's gone through it, chances are you're going to find someone who's relatable, mm-hmm. uh, because there is that commonality of that that human animal bond is incredibly powerful, and that's a lot of what uh, of what we deal with uh, on a day to day basis is just uh, trying to do all the good stuff that supports that human animal bond. It's a wonderful thing. It really is. Dave Wilson, Director of Shelter Health and Wellness. Keep on doing all that good stuff that you're doing. And thank you for giving us a little more time here on Animal's Voice. My Uh, pleasure. Truly one of my favorite guests to have on. And we'll uh, we'll have you on again sometime soon, okay? I look forward to it. Thanks. And thank you, the listeners of Animal's Voice, for everything you do to support the program. Send in your show ideas. You can find me on Twitter at KevTheGrad, or you can email me at kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.